Is it time for a new heating and cooling system? Turn to the experts at Griffith Energy Services and Carrier today and get 0% financing for 18 months on a new heating and cooling system. Get the comfort you deserve from Griffith Energy Services and Carrier. Visit GriffithEnergyServices.com today for this and other exclusive offers. That's GriffithEnergyServices.com. License number MDHVACR01-2278. Griffith Energy Services. Doggone dependable. You already did the mic test? Yeah, we're good. Okay. Let me get yours, though, because you're sounding soft. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I'll tell it like it is. He said, let me get you. Uh He said, let me get, let me do a mic test with yours. You're sounding real soft. (laughs) He did this shit in the first episode. All right, yeah, we're good. We're good. You are now listening to The Reality Is. The Reality Is. Boy, you back. <laughs> it feels good too. That's where I went wrong in the relationship too. Suck his dick, don't pacify. Well, okay, I got that too. But <laughs> I was not supposed to be on the mic. I don't like to say people when I mean white people. Acknowledge the shit that black people have went through. Excuse my voice, y'all. I've been drinking. <laughs> this is Big Mama's. Uh, oh God, porn cheek. <laughs> I was wondering what you was gonna do, bro. The ladies love it. <laughs> so what's good, man? This is Anthony Roberts, host of the reality is where filtering becomes extinct, man. We got a different episode coming up for you. We got an unexpected all guys episode. First of all, I want to say shout out to the homie Spider for again running the boards man we appreciate you and as always bro chime in if you feel the need to i will do that all just right. that all right <laughs> we got the homie uh the homie christian man if you remember episodes like one through maybe 40 he was one of the co-hosts along with gary green thanks i'm glad to have you back man this nigga in here looking like drip guy hey it's great to be back um <laughs> the environment's changed but a lot he is fantastic He's still here and we also have the homie, man. You heard him on, I forgot what episode it was, but it was on our Denver, re- uh, right before the Denver recap, where you had the homie Overton on along with Zay. But we got Overton all the way from Denver in the building. How you doing today, what man? Up, what up? It's good to be here, man. OT so, in the building. OT in this motherfucker. Yeah. OT and OT Tavern. Overton's the professional, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Everybody that's, likes that name, though. Yeah. Yes. I tell Overton. People, yeah. Living single. That's, that's, what I, that's the yeah. first thing you think about. And when you first told me your name, that's what me and her talked about. I was like, Living single, that's the only place I ever heard that shit. It's an instant conversation starter every time. Yeah. I don't even tell people, like, when you get in your seat at a restaurant, yeah. I don't tell people Overton. Yeah. What yeah. you tell? It's Roy. That's my middle name. Okay. Just something easy. Three letters. You yeah. can spell it. No problem. <laughs> Overton, man. But you really do go by Overton more now. Than you do? Because that's something, like, for me, I went by Chris, you know, and then at some point when you become an adult, you're like, well, I don't really want to. You got to have that adult. Be- Persona almost like you I gotta, Chris. You know, I wanna be, <laughs> be Christian. I can't, yeah. I, nobody's ever called my name, is just I tell people all the time I have the whitest, I feel like, name. I feel like I'm so rambunctious, but my name is just Anthony Roberts. I want to call you Tony. Don't, I hate that. <laughs> and, and, and a lot of people do, but it. people, my, my dad. So a lot of people yeah. be like, yo, how do you feel about Tony? Don't, Don't even do in it. high school, Tony. Uh, mm-hmm. I had a nigga I used to work with, he used to be like, Tony, I was, and I will get on that with the code switcher. He's like, Tony, and I said, I asked you not to call me that shit when y'all hired me, bro. <laughs> like, because you know, in them jobs, they'll give you, like, what do you want to be called? Yeah. This is what I want to be called. Never call me a nickname. See, on the, big, on big the subject of Coast Switch, I do so much to not upset white people because I'm already big and black. Yeah. So, like. And I like to ruffle feathers. I, <laughs> I don't. It, it causes problems. That's like, uh, and I don't mean to say that to, like, sound like a bitch or whatever, no, but what it mean. makes my life easier yeah. if I can avoid it. If I need to, I can. But yeah. I try not to. I'm trying to get to that point, and we could jump right to code switching, man. Would have been all guys. We ain't got to go in no potential order. But we were talking about code switching, and for people who don't know what that is, is the practice of alternating between two or more languages, or to me, personalities, when dealing with you know conversations and language. To me, in corporate or for black people around white people, I'm yeah. not the best with code switching. I was telling you before, like I I don't write my emails like I talk to y'all when I'm you know on my corporate job, but I they know who I am. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I think as a, a black man, for me, it's important to be who you are. And I think if we code switch, you're not teaching motherfuckers who you are. 
depending on how much you are. I, so I, there you could look at it as code switch because mm-hmm. I've had to defend this position so many times. Yeah. Even in my own head, I got to defend myself on yeah. why I think why it's so important shit. to code switch. But like if you think about it as being fluent in different languages, right? I can speak fluent black people. I can mm-hmm. speak fluent white people. I can speak. Mm-hmm. I can speak fluent whatever. But yeah. like, if, as long as I get to know you and know who you are and understand you, I'm I'm such an empathetic person. I can understand what you, what I need you to understand. Yeah. Right. And how to how to get that to you in the most efficient way. Like, if I come at you too hard, and like I got friends who can't really take jokes that hard. Like, you can't ride on them yeah. that hard. You can get them a little bit, but you can't ride on them that hard. And if you ride on them too hard, they're gonna wilt. Yeah. They're not gonna want to participate. They're not gonna have fun no more. I like yeah. for everybody to have to fun. Have fun. So. Yeah. The people who can take it, I give it to them hard. The people yeah. who can't really take it, I just lightly, up. lightly tap them. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That's a that's a form of code switching. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. It's just I look at it as just making people comfortable and just being purposeful about it. You don't have to do it, yeah. but I choose to do it. What's your thoughts on that, man? Yeah, I, you know, code switching. I was, you know, when we were kind of talking about it before, it's kind of the story of my life, and I'm sure, you know, Overton <laughs> relate to an extent, <laughs> but you know. I yeah, grew up, that you know, <laughs> I grew up around, you know, a very predominantly white environment. And so I always talk about conditioning, like what was my conditioning? Well, my conditioning was my friends have been white since I was first grade. Yeah. So just the way that I kind of act, people will say you kind of act, you know, you sound white, yeah. or you, you know. And I hate so, that shit. No, yeah. I mean, that that's neither here nor there. But at the end of the day, when when I look at code switching, it's beyond just the how you talk it's yeah. kind of how you feel yeah because like when you do have the need to code switch usually it's because you're the only black, black person, person in a certain True. environment so you don't want to necessarily stand out or you don't but for, for me like you know as you grow up i never felt like i had to code switch because i was just yeah. i would just kind of go yeah to me you didn't think too much about it it doesn't i don't have to sound a certain way because i just sound the way i do yeah you know mm-hmm. whether i'm talking to you yeah or whether i'm talking to one of my white buddies, yeah, I'll use different language with you for sure. Yeah, obviously, I'll, I'll you know, I'll say, I, you know, we'll say the n word, but, and I think guys and girls and women that do that, that kind of just, they just kind of stay true to themselves. Yeah. But you know, obviously, if you do have kind of the highs and lows of what people would call your like cultural, kind of how thick your blackness is in yeah. a certain <laughs> environment. You kind of like feel a like for a minute, you know, how thick your blackness is. God, well, you, I mean, honestly, yeah, that's no, what I it is. What you're saying. Yeah. You know, that's what it is when they see it. That is. It's like, man, that that per, Am for I an example, black card or not? Here, here, here's an example of how black people have to code switch. And if it's not done across the board, it can hurt them. Yeah. There's a guy. He's in the military. As you know, Overton and I went to the Air Force Academy, which I mean, it's probably like 80, 89, 90 percent. White, white, yeah. yeah. <laughs> They'll tell you it's not, but it feels like it. Um, <laughs> it yeah. And that's not a bad, you know. It wasn't a yeah. bad thing, it, you know. We never, you know, but it, it's one of those things where you're just culturally, you know, you're kind of sometimes feel like you're on an island. So, you know, then you go into the active duty military, and they had this guy who, you know, he's kind of like a hard charger. He's, yeah, he's doing really well, but you know, he married a, a real black woman. He was a white guy. You know, he's a black guy. Oh, a black. He's guy. a black officer. He he's a, a superstar. He, you know, he went to the academy. He yeah. kind of understands kind of the culture that you yeah. kind of have to behave. Yeah. And he married a, a, a black woman that, you know, she didn't. Wasn't she about ain't, that. Yeah. She yeah. ain't from that same culture yeah. where you're kind of bred yeah. into not even code switching, but just it's being just able to are. live. Yeah. yeah. Be. And and so she he kind of got told, hey, your wife is a little too ghetto. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe not directly those yeah. words, but that was kind of what you they know, were. They hinted at. Yeah. They hinted at, hey, she, you know, she's a little. Because because you should black. throw this in too, like as an officer's wife, you are expected to show up at functions, yeah. like professional functions, yeah. where you, you know, there's a there's a time and place and a, a certain way you're supposed to act. act like yeah. you're supposed to be a reflection of that officer. Yeah. Right? Even though you don't wear the rank, but you're supposed to be a reflection, a reflection of that. And I and I get what you guys are saying in reference to code switch, and I definitely get it. For me, I also feel like it's important to stay the same. And I'll yeah. give an example. Like with my job is I feel like a lot of corporate companies lack diversity. Mm-hmm. And I always tell my companies, I'm like, we need to figure out real diversity training. As soon as you say that, the white people will say, what do you mean? Like, hire? no, not for every 10 white men, you hire one black man. I'm talking about diversity and understanding. If Eduardo's in the break room speaking Spanish on the phone, that's what he does. He shouldn't have to speak the way you want him to speak or speak English. Because it makes if, Susan uncomfortable. Exactly. If it's me and Overton or me and Christian in the break room, 
and we're talking loud and boisterous, that's how our people are. So, we're not, it's just, we just have, we're just aggressive. Let me it, tell you a story. I worked at this big corporation mm-hmm. in North Carolina and they had diversity training and they sent my black ass to diversity training yeah. to, to train amongst you yeah. know, all the whites. And the, uh, they, to- they, they looked my black ass in the face <laughs> and said, if you are dealing with uh, an African-American and they don't look you directly in the eye, don't take offense. Uh, African-Americans just, they don't look people in the eye. This is a white person saying This is it? a white person saying this to my black ass face. That's the second time he put the <laughs> emphasis on the H. Yeah. I, don't, I don't even notice it. it, it how did I say it? It's okay. Go ahead. We got I you. I love it. White people? Yeah. <laughs> white. That's the corporate white yeah. people. <laughs> but he looked in my black ass face and told me that black people don't look people in the eye. And like and, and I and I'm such a passive aggressive asshole that yeah. I'm I'm never my go to is never getting your face about it. Yeah. Right. My go to is just to start asking dumb questions. Yeah. Like, you know, it, play dumb play silly games, get silly prizes. Yeah. So let's let's go for it. First oh. thing I would say, do you how many black friends do you actually yeah. have? Tell me more about this. Yeah. Like when, how did when did you yeah. see this happen? That's interesting. And I'm looking him in his eyes the whole time. Yeah. He's, you know, he's talking to me. Like you're, you're full awful. of shit. You know, you don't know. It's the same as those magazines that that are written by women yeah. for women that are saying, "Hey, here's ten things that your guys your guys gonna that's gonna drive your guy crazy." And you not a guy. How the fuck do you know? How would you know? You don't ask a dude if you really want to know what's gonna drive him crazy. You can't yeah. get that from a woman. Just like you can't you can't teach me about me. Yeah, isn't it crazy that you even have to have the entire diversity industry within yeah. corporate? It's a like, cover your it, ass. It's a whole industry it's yeah. a cover your ass thing though it's not like this is to, this is for it, appearances yeah it, essentially I, I, it's saying you can't figure out how to handle, handle it. people out of a different culture so we're gonna teach so give you. them training so we have to teach you i just how to just deal with people we got at least a different culture i think that says a lot about you know it's like well, why do we even have to and that's like and that's the foundation of code switch you, you it's yeah. like and then on the flip side, it's like, well, we're also training you people that are diverse to be able to code switch so yeah. that you can fit into. Well, you don't have yeah. to train us. If we find ourselves in successful, like if yeah, we've risen kind of up already, through the ranks, then yeah. we, we already You've know already out. been conditioned. We and that's what I think. I think when I think code or when I think diversity, I think it's, un- for me, I think it's more white people need to understand other races that's not them. Because the whole setup of America is pretty, uh, conf- to, yeah, yeah, it's like you they want you to conform. Like when you go to work, for me, with my hair like it is, if they say, hey, cut your hair, what do you want me to look like? What is the purpose of me cutting my hair? If you don't want me to have a beard, not being funny, you don't see a lot of black dudes that's 40 or 35 with a clean shave. For, for, first off, no. shit looks weird. You know, this woman looks weird for them, too. skin, it's bad for yeah, It's bad yeah, for yeah, That's the number down. one reason yeah. right there. Your hair is too curly. Yeah, it's too curly. Too coarse. It'll, it'll roll back roll in back and go back skin. in the follicle yeah. and come up and make a bump. Right. Speaking of it, we we were required to in the military yeah. to shave. You yeah. couldn't have clean hair. You're like, they're like telling you, you got to get, you know, ingrown hairs. You have to. You don't have a choice. <laughs> This is part of it. That's <laughs> fucking like, crazy, oh, man. <laughs> yeah, I know. So code switch for me, though, I like I said, I do agree that it's something that if you're going to do it, I think it's so it's fine to do that because a lot of people, I think we've learned how to do it and not lose ourselves. I think you, I think it, it's important. I mean, that's it's the challenge to understand your environment. Yeah. You, that, you know, that's the challenge is. So I, I try not to because my inner nigga voice, it, it yeah, that's how I respond it. at first for everything. Yeah. It starts there. That's where my ideas form in inside that inner nigga voice. And then as it comes out, it filters into what's going to be acceptable for my current audience. Yeah. And I like, it's a challenge and it's something that you have to get good at. Like code switching isn't just automatically selling out. Like if you're going to be good at code switching, that means you're going to be able to effectively communicate yeah. in a lot of different lanes. Yeah. And I, and I, and I look at myself as bilingual, trilingual, quadruple lingual, yeah. whatever. Yeah. I don't know how to say the fourth one, but <laughs> like that, that's, I look at that as opposed to looking at it negatively. Yeah. Like my code switching means that I can speak a bunch of languages and I can still get what this inner nigga is trying to say yeah. through your head and something in a way that's going to be effective. Yeah. I think for one <clears throat> in a professional environment, I don't think professional, like, has a language yeah like if you're a professional you're a professional yeah and when you approach a situation where you have to you know interact in that environment i don't think you know there's not a language you just kind of know yeah do you you know are you a a polished kind of you know you you kind of know how you're going to present yeah whatever it is you're presenting whether you know you're a marketing director whether you're you know an investment banker or whether you know you work you know uh, you know for the government whatever it is you kind of have that and I think sometimes code switching is attributed to that and it yeah. shouldn't. It's yeah. just, you know, 
You're, mm-hmm. It's like anybody. You're not going to talk to, you know, your boss or your, you know, colleagues the same way you're going to talk to your yeah. homeboys. In, I kind of feed off my managers, right. though. You know, like you can tell if you're able to be. So like with my job, I feel like when it's all men in a room mm-hmm. and we're talking or all men on oh, a conference sure. call, they cussing, they saying whatever they want to say. You know what I'm saying? Sure. And that's why I say like code switching is cool. But when in those moments where I'm talking to like 10 white dudes and I'm because I'm the only black dude. Yeah. So it's like when I'm talking to them and they're saying shit, bitch and whatever, I still I, I talk like that, too. But because I'm black, I'll still be like, hey. You know, th- I kind of like preface it before I put it out there. You do. Because you can't do the same shit that they do. Yeah. Well, yeah, so, that's so even when I used to go back and be like, I don't code switch. And I really thought about it when, when I was looking at it today. And I was like, I may not, but I do you lightly. Do. I, I dull mean, my edges do. just a little bit. But you never look at it. But I'm like. You're trying to manage assumptions. Yeah. You don't be like, you're not going to That's gonna so get, fucking true. You're not going to get the same assumptions that Chad and, and Tanner are going to get if they use cuss words. Mm-hmm. But if I use a cuss word. It, it it looks different. Yeah. It looks more threatening, and, yeah. and I know that, and it's unfair. And yeah. I, I don't I don't give a fuck about. I don't believe that fair is a real thing. Yeah. I put fair in the same category as unicorns. There's no such thing as fair. <laughs> it's just what it is. Yeah. Right. You just gotta you gotta you take gotta your hand and play it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I did want to talk about another thing we we brought up was like uh, I called it the Brody checklist, but you know women checklist. the women have a laundry list of things that they want from men or that they feel like they want their men to do or look like or uphold. Sure. And you brought it to me. You were like, "What does our checklist look like?" And you said you actually have the shit. I have a checklist. Phone, right? Yeah, I want to start with that fucking. This, shit. Okay, we can start with the checklist. You know, if you gotta, you gotta speak things into existence. If you, if you want something to happen, write that shit down. Yeah, and, and you know what I'm saying. Make a plan. Okay. And I've given this checklist to a lot of women, and I've gotten. Oh, you've given of, it to them. Not. Yeah, I've said it to them. It's not that long. It's only five. One, two, three. That's four, why it's a five, checklist. Six, That's why we call there's a laundry list. <laughs> It's six things, and I think they're reasonable. Number one, attractive with a fat ass. <laughs> I'm going very for two for one. specific. Very specific. I'm trying to get to the point right that here. That goes man. on back to last episode. We talked about like somebody was asking, "Hey, if you online date, what do you look at?" First thing I said is, "Niggas don't care about your bio. Mm. We want to see a face, yeah. and we need a full body picture to see if you got ass. Then we worry about the rest." Attractive with a fat ass. Number one, we got to have a vibe. Number two. Number three, you got to be a stable adult. And I'm not, I don't, I look, I don't need you to be balling out of control or yeah. anything like that. I just need you to not Take be drowning. Take care of your own shit. Yeah. If you're drowning, I can't have you on my boat. Yeah. I need you to be able to, you can have a small boat. Yeah. But just be, have Bring your own boat though. A little yeah. boat. You can have a little boat. Um, and so this is my list. We're being as honest as we want to yeah. be, right? So number four, you got to be a head monster. That's a different monster. I mean, that's just not going to happen. <laughs> That's I, am I already asking for two? I only got the four. It depends. I ain't gonna say that yet. It depends. Go ahead. I'll wait this this is the last one, yeah. and they kind of go together. These last two kind of go together. Understanding of teamwork, yeah. and you get this with a lot of athletes. You date athletes who have played team sports. They yeah. understand what it is to be on a team. True. And willingness to work as a team. Yeah. I think Attract- that should be number one and number two. Well, I yeah. mean, it's not in order. This is oh, just okay. Okay. on gotcha. the list. Attractive with a fat six, ass, a vibe, stable adult, head monster, understanding of teamwork and willingness to work as a team. That's How do you get to the head monster? Because the reason I say that, my first one is going to be, what do you look like head monster in six? In six being three. Okay. Reason being, I just lump I lump your looks all in together with sexually how you may do. You know what I'm saying? That's not <laughs> I know it's not a way to look at it. It's not. <laughs> and that's to go back to the point, because we've talked about it to where I've said, I feel like the most beautiful girls, in my opinion, have been the worst in bed. And mm-hmm. that's true. And tall niggas can't jump. And I feel like, and I feel like, the reason it's like that is because most dudes, when we get a fine girl, like, honestly, we don't think, like, I wonder if she can fuck because we just going to fuck you. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I think they're mm-hmm. so used to being treated like things, in my opinion, towards, like, if you're fine, if you a 12, if you like a, uh, um, let's just put it, everybody love Cardi B right now, ass, okay. Chris, she talk about deep throating and shit, whatever. She's a, a, you know, a head monster. Okay. So people will look at her and be like, ah, okay, I'll roll with that. Mm-hmm. I think. <laughs> I don't need you financially, so that's why I say those things will be at my top of the list. Yeah. But it's definitely one of those things where I'm like, I need you to take care of yourself. The last two women I've been with, and even after Artesia, I was like, you take care of yourself. And people would say, well, she got kids. Why did you, why were you, I can't date nobody with kids. I thought I couldn't either. Then I got with her, and she didn't need me financially. She didn't need me to help take care of her kids. So for me, I was like, it felt so good to have women who had their own shit to where if you do something for them, they think they appreciate, they appreciate it, it, but they yeah. ain't looking forward to it. Like I can't afford this on my own, so it'd be great if somebody bought me some red bottoms. Right? You know what I'm saying? You can so get I get gifts. Them. Exactly. If you paying light bills? That's a, that's, that's a, a whole story. motherfucking thing. Yeah. What's your list look thing. like, bro? Uh, 
I'm not really a list guy. Me neither. I'm not. <laughs> I, I know I'm pretty, I look at the relationship thing and look, I, I've already gone through the process, you know? Yeah. So I always looked at it as I kind of know, I don't think it was a checklist, but it's kind of that idea like, okay, I really only talk to this kind of girl. Yeah. You have a type, right? Yeah. yeah. So I did, but it was never a certain look or anything. It was never like, oh, she's got a fat ass. She's got, she doesn't have an ass. Like I don't. I mean, obviously, everybody likes a big, a big ass, ass yeah. but Not everybody. Well, everybody. I mean, yeah. I mean, I like it too. <laughs> I mean, I, mean I, you know, I think I've learned an appreciation for small. We can so. appreciate Little most of our homeboys yeah. and most of the people that we kick it with enjoy a big ass, butt. Yeah, um, no doubt. And but <laughs> just because the love of your life don't got a big butt. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna cut you out, because right, yeah. you could be, and that's kind of what happened <laughs> to me. Yeah, she could be. You know, I love my wife, but I mean, she'll be the first to tell you she ain't. I mean, she don't have a, the biggest butt. Yeah. I mean, it's tight though. It's look, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. <laughs> it, it doesn't. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, but you know, it's just one of those things where it's like, well, you know. But I do think, I mean, it's just natural to have. What you're like, your I'm gonna maybe call them requirements, but yeah. it's like, well, this is what it's is right for me, yeah. And to me, it more was personality wise, yeah. Can can do you have the same true north as me? Yeah. Are you are you working towards the same ends as I am? Yeah. Do you know how to work as a teammate? I think that is probably the most. If that's the most important thing, that's the most important for sustainability yeah. is because. You know, the relationship is very, you know, is I won't say volatile, but things change. Yeah. Expectations yeah. change as you grow in yeah. a relationship. You know, I went from, you know, dating to engaged to married. And every time we took a new step, the expectations changed overnight. Now we're having a kid. And I know the expectations are about to change again. And you have to really be able to, you know, yeah. be with someone where as those expectations change, it it can get you gotta flush a it, little yeah. bit tough yeah. as you work through it but once you understand the new expect you have to be a teammate because you can't be on your side yeah. like yeah. oh my god i can't believe she's acting like this or what about me what about me yeah but labels bring about expectation but, yeah and i and i and that may be the name of the podcast labels bring about expectation the reason i say this is because like i know when me and artesia were dating and we dated for like a year and when they start getting to a point where a lot of people are like yo so when are y'all going to make this official? When are y'all going to do this? And me and her would talk about it. And like I told her, I said, a lot of people don't know who they are. I know who I am. And I told her, I said, as we're dating, that's cool. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? We have sex. If we don't, we don't. I can get it from somewhere else. But if we get in a relationship and I take everything off the shelf and I'm focused on you, those expectations have changed because I'm not looking for sex or intimacy from multiple people now. This is your job. Yeah, this is if all you If you took me now. off the motherfucking shelf, this is all you now. Yeah. So that's what I try to tell a lot of women when women come at me and they be like, oh, you've been single two years now. Are you still hung up on? I know my expectations. Mm -hmm. And I know that a lot of women cannot meet them motherfuckers. Well, not with that attitude. You no, gotta, you no gotta, you gotta, I mean, I mean it's, it's, speaking it's because, into existence, brother. Exactly. But I've dated enough, I feel, to be like, yo, it's a, it's a lot of people. I'm a real person. So for me, it's like I know that, I, first of all, my expectations are different. I know I'm hard to deal with. I yeah. fucking know that. Yeah. So it's like I'm not saying like they're not good enough. It's me to where I'm like. I know what I like and certain things I'm not switching. Yeah. I don't care about church. It's a lot of women in the South. Church is a big thing. So it, it that knocks out a lot of fucking people. I don't, don't want to hear it. Like That's if, what I'm if saying. If you're talking to a religious person and you're telling them like, look, you know, I, you can have your religion. It's great. Yeah. I, it's not for me. Blah, blah, blah. They, they, a lot of people will get mad and They're want done. to convert you. That's what I'm saying. Fix you. Like, That's why I say 80% of the women here are not for it's me. Kind of what it's like the religion says to do. It, yeah. yeah kind of. <laughs> That's kind of how it, how it played okay. out, the Crusades. Like oh, you're not a Christian? Here's this sword. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's why I say for me, that, and that's what I mean by that, and I get, I'm glad you asked that because sometimes people will just take what you say and be like, okay, he's whatever. But by asking the right question, you get a different answer. Yeah. And for me, I'm not a religious person. Being in the South, being in Texas, it's a big Christian state, especially with black people. So 80% of the women I come across, that's religion for them. I, I've had religious girls chuck the deuces to me to go get with a nigga who's going to cheat on them. Who has who's gonna lie to him every day? Like I, I'm not a gonna lie to man. you. I, I, out the gate, I'm telling you, I'm yeah. not gonna lie to you. You're not gonna like a lot of the things that I say, yeah. and I'm gonna find out what your propensity is to compromise and work as a team yeah. early because I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm yeah, gonna I think that's what it's all about, man. Yeah, like me and my wife, we have our kind of religious views that I would say are not probably the norm. Yeah, right, but 
we found each other. But even then, I have the same beliefs. I mean, yes, but, you know, I think it's evolving. You know what I mean? Like for us, we were both raised in a very strict black religious upbringing. So, you know, like I said, it's all about condition. We were conditioned. I mean, when you go to church in the black church, all I mean, you go all the time. Yeah. And you are really, I mean, your view of what Christianity is, is very fixed on whoever the pastor is yes. and kind of how he presents the word and then, and then how the, the community of the church does. And then it eventually trickles down into the kids. And so when you have that conditioning and then you grow up and you start, you know, and I think everybody kind of has that awakening where you like, oh, well, even if I am a Christian, I don't think that's the right that's way. That's the way. Yeah. I want to share yeah. like a revelation that I had kind of, um, so I went to Brazil for my birthday recently, uh, last, last week or whatever. And I spent the week out there and I had the pleasure of doing like this black uh, history tour of uh, of Brazil, like a walking tour, Airbnb experiences. Try that shit if you if you're traveling. Like mm-hmm. they got some cool shit out there. Yeah, and uh, you know, all of us are from Africa. We were brought over here from Africa. We landed on different shores, some yeah. in South America, some in North America, some in Cuba. And we're all the the stolen children of Africa, right? Yeah. So, I mean, that's what black is to me. It's all just stolen children of Africa. Just yeah. you landed in different places. So the Portuguese didn't have the you know the the running from religious persecution that the north americans did they they, you could just do whatever you wanted over there yeah but they still tried to force their religion on on the slaves and the you know catholic and christian all that kind of stuff the way they force it on the slaves over there they just said you can't practice your shit you can't if we see you doing your shit that's illegal we're gonna make you worshiping this god illegal Mm -hmm. so they would worship the guys they wanted to worship but they would use you know Mary, Joseph, D. they would use the yeah. names that they would ask them to use, but they would do it in their own way. Yeah, right. Right. And so that's really what all so, religion is. Well, I was Just what I was going to say. Your truth to the Most High yeah. and whoever else you're going to fill in. I'll and, call them whoever you want to call them, but I know who I'm praying to. And, and there's a word for it in, in, in Portuguese, but I don't. I can't remember the word for it. Yeah. But I, I liken that too in North America. Like the Christianity that most black people practice is different. We all call ourselves Christians, but the the Christian much different. It's much if you go to a white church, it's a way different church. Way different. we're using the same names and we're yeah. doing we're 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 worshiping the same God, so to speak. But we're we're singing, clapping, dancing, people catching the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Like there's and drums. People and, interpret the actual words and scriptures differently. But that's what that's I was true. about to say too. Yeah. So how would you look at that? Because you know you have a lot of people I would say who are like pro black and they're like, oh, you're a Christian. That's the white man's religion. Whatever, whatever, whatever. I won't go as far as to say that, but I do know where it comes from and having a historical context behind it. For me, when I think about religion, I just look at it as everybody is doing something with religion or believing a certain way to have a better life after death. Mm -hmm. I don't believe that there's a heaven or a hell to place anybody in. Some people will say, oh, that's dangerous. You don't believe in anything. And it's not that I don't believe, but I'm like, you're asking me to believe in something nobody's ever fucking seen. I believe what I see. I'm I'm with you. I'm with you. But I wouldn't say, just because I like to play with words, I wouldn't say that I don't believe that there's a heaven or a hell. I would say I can't prove that there's a heaven or a hell. Here's the thing, what you just did. I'm, I have questions too, yeah. Anthony, but I'm going to hedge my bet. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to go ahead and say that heaven is real. I'm going to go ahead and, and just deep down, like they yeah. say, believe yeah. that, you know. I believe it's something know, bigger, but I don't. On, you know, all yeah. the, all, now want, but it's like, you know, just because I believe that and the brother from, you know, yeah. down in Brazil or from across the world don't yeah. believe in that exact, you know. Yeah. And hell, I mean, I don't really believe in that. I mean, the whole, you know, all these stories, you can interpret them. Yeah. Literally, or you can interpret them for what they are supposed to do. Well, right? Check this out. This is what I believe because this is what I can see. Like, heaven and hell exist on earth right now. Yeah. That's like, how I feel. In Syria, when they dropped those bombs and it was just chaos and yeah. people are running around raping people and stealing That morning, the Kurds were in hell. That was hell. Yeah. yeah. That was hell. Yeah. When you when you wake up in Bali and you got one of them pools in your hotel room and it's bad bitches everywhere yeah. and you eating yeah. watermelons out their hands and so shit. Much like, that's, hev- that's heavenly <laughs> that all can happen on yeah. earth yeah you know? those, that, they could call yeah. those angels i just <laughs> I, for me like i said i i think the biggest thing and and it kind of leads us into the next topic is being able to maintain friendship even if you agree to disagree like all of us kind of have three different perspectives on what we believe in but it doesn't make it be like yo well you ain't a christian fuck you are you a christian i ain't I, oh, you cool with me and i feel like with religion We've created so many different entities. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, I know the upbringing I had, the black church I went to, they almost preached shit as if we are better. 
this is the only religion that's right. Oh, yeah, that's exactly And that's inflammatory. And when oh, you yeah. started talking about shit like that, that's why I was like, nah. Then it's like, I think about, okay, you're a white Christian, and you go to your church, yeah. and you preach what you preach about love, whatever, whatever, but then you leave, and you really hate black people, or you hate Mexicans. Like, when I look at that, I'm like, what is religion? What is it really about? I'll say this about power, that dichotomy that, is the, 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 the white Christianity is a lot less... Uh, Fire and brimstone than it the is. black it Christianity, is. from what I could see. Me too. Growing up, because well, when we grew up, I mean, I was scared to go to hell. Nigga. <laughs> I mean, it's like, man, I, every, anything can send me. You repented for everything. I mean, God, they made you, you know, just a premarital sex thing. If you did it, you know, it's like, oh man, God, you're, you're really mad at me. Yep. And you I know? feel like he said, like he said, I feel like it was control. And then it allowed in my church, it allowed people to get into your business. Because some people yeah. will come down when they have backslid and they'll come down and pray and say whatever. Yeah, and they would give even their hand, testimony. And they would give the mic. And I remember I never forget one woman being like, yo, God saved me from drugs. And I was doing it. And I'm like, why do you have to say all of that? Look, that's gra- what Facebook gratitude, is. Now. Gratitude is a huge True. way to control people. <laughs> gratitude is a huge way to control people. Like if you go somewhere and you get forgiveness, there's gratitude given for that forgiveness. Yeah. Like you took this burden off my shoulders. Oh, for or if, sure. Or if you go even a step further and the church actually helps you do some stuff. You got a loyal soldier now. Like that's that's yeah. that's the power of gratitude. And, and that's yeah, some good there are lots, a lot of good churches that do that. And yeah. also the power of guilt too. You yeah. know, you Gosh. sinning all the time. You need yeah. to come to me for forgiveness. Yeah. I'm I'm the number one seller of forgiveness. You right. can't go nowhere else. The Catholic can't go church. Nowhere. Like how much power is that to control somebody with? Like if you need if you need if you want to go to heaven, I got the keys. I got the key. You can't get in without me. But that's why a lot of and, and a lot in. of saints start to interpret their pastor as a God. deity. Yeah. Or an, like a did yeah, true, and a lot of and a lot of southern preachers. Yes, I know you don't want to get into the Texarkana stuff, but oh, a lot real. of southern preachers. I just want to talk about the guy because I know the son of that guy. But it it, it well, is. We're not talk about him. Yeah, but it is true. It but, is like. But that. there's a lot. So so I study martial arts too, yeah. and there that used to be a bigger problem before martial arts got real big. Is that these masters of these dojos? A lot of times we're just bullshit artists. Yeah, would just take it, take that you know power that people think they have, and they will fuck bitches off of that. Yeah. Like they were, you know, no. and that that always happens too. <laughs> Niggas Religion will find is, a way to turn power. They into always do. They always do. It's, it's, power. If you, you got you power, know, you know. I I saw this thing. Um, it, I think it was like Discovery Channel or something like that, where um they introduced like currency to this chimpanzee population, and the first thing they did, like it, with the currency, is give it to women for pussy. <laughs> wow. These are chimps. Damn, yeah, this is the first thing they did. That shit was crazy because they like. Oh, you saw it? Yeah, they taught them uh, value and money, so they would. Uh, take the money to these people and get food. Yeah, and like once they learn that value, then it they started giving it to all the. Well, I don't need to eat no more. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to go fuck. Just give me some pussy. I ate yesterday. Amen. Nick said I ate yesterday. I need to give some pussy. It's the oldest profession. Isn't that what they say? That's true. So I want to talk a little bit before we get out here. How to maintain friendship as adults? And the reason this came to me is because I feel like as adults, a lot of times when you get into it with somebody, you have a disagreement. The friendship just ends. Like, nobody comes back and says, hey, well, you bothered me, or this bothered me. And Grace, benevolence, understanding. Like, you, your friends, the friends that you keep are the, are the family that you choose, basically. True. That's that's what friendship essentially is. It's yeah. the family that you choose. And in order to keep that family together, like, you, there has to be an understanding. Like, minds are going to attract. Like, yeah. if if we have an understanding, you know what I mean? Like, I know who you are as a person. And our, like, for me, I've always been the type of person that's cool with everybody. Like, yeah. a lot of people would like to be my friend. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying that to brag yeah, or I know be saying. any kind of way, but I can get along with a lot of people. Yeah. It, depending on what kind of box I have to get in to get along with you, like how I have to contort myself in order to be in your presence yeah. is going to determine how long I want to be in your presence. That's so very true. If, if I get around somebody who adds to me, who builds me up, like I get a good vibe and great energy to yeah. be around them, then I'm going to do what I need to do to be around them. I'm going to give them a little more rope, a little more grace, a little more understanding. Like if I hear some shit about a friend of mine, like I have a friend who's a Trump supporter and, uh, that nigga, he's my homie. Yeah. And I love him. Yeah. And niggas wrong. And we argue all the time, but I still love him. Like, you know what I mean? He's a good father. He's a good family. But I'm sure he teaches you shit too, from his perspective of believing the way he believes. It may not teach you, but like you can. Definitely good to have different. You got to. That's like I said last night, that's one of the things I loved when me, Christian and Gary were doing the podcast is we, like we had our three different perspectives. We never came in trying to say, well, you should do this. It was just kind of like we fed, we, we, we learned different and we, uh, interpreted our information or our stories different across the podcast. But I can't say there was a lot of things that Gary would say. I would be like, yo, that's, I get it. Yeah. I didn't think of it that way. Or he would say something about financing or about politics. And I'm like, 
mm, I'm not into politics, but I get that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think it's a benefit to be to be able to sit across the table with opinions sometimes and not always on the same side. I heard a phrase that I like about adult friendship. Like if you see somebody standing next to me that I call friend, believe that he's better at, at something than me. Yeah. Like that is a good people way to think about. Are, like my squad has talent. My squad has skills. Yeah. You know what I mean? This is the family you pick. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I, you know, it, it's tough to maintain relationships as an adult, especially the you know the longer removed you are from the relationship. For example, you know, I look back, I don't have as many high school buddies as you know. <clears throat> I you know I would imagine a lot of people do. Yeah. Like you know, I I love a lot of you know I still hang out with a few of them, but. You know, when I look back and I look at my group of friends, you know, the majority are even kind of after college, even after the academy. You mm-hmm. start to look at, well, who are the people that are around me, uh, you know, and you kind of grow in and out of relationships. Yeah, true. Sometimes, you know, this person is your friend for that time. And as you take the next step in life, you kind of go different ways. Distance d- does a lot to play into that as well. Yeah. But it's like, you know. Once that happens, for me, it's one of those things where it's never been a feeling to where, you know, now sometimes a, a somebody that's close to you will actively fuck you over. Yeah. And then that will diminish the relationship, the right? But yeah. in lieu of something like that happening, to me, it's just a lot of times, you know, you can't, you know, you, you just always have love. For, like with me, kind of like you, I get along with people very easily, right? Mm-hmm. And- you know, I'm kind of a sticky friend if we have, you know, like you said, if there are some type, if there's like a mutual kind of energy, like I said, it's like for me, it's like, are you kind of, you know, are you, what are you doing? You know, are you, are you motivating me? I get you. You know, are we, you know, are are we kind of, you know, equally yoked in the sense that, you know, we can, you know, we can influence each other to, to improve yeah. and, and to reach our goals. And, and, and cause really, you know, like you said, it's a choice to be around these people. So if they're not a value add, I mean, what? what, what uh, and it won't know. be a malicious and like "fuck you." I don't like, want to talk yeah. to you no more. Can we just kick it? You just can we just way. fellowship and kick it yep. with no egos? Yeah. And a lot of times, that's a big one. That's, that's the hard part. That's the hard part. That's the hardest part about yeah. male, male relationship yeah. is getting you know egos getting in the way. Yeah. If you're not on the same footing with your with your male friends, that that's risky. That's yeah. slippery. Like there's some dudes who are just like not willing to. To just be cool in that environment. Yeah. You know what I mean? They, they got to compare constantly. They got to just be Approve like. Approve a point or try. Yeah. I mean, stunt. the worst Niggas thing love to stunt. And, that, and see, a, that's not me. Yeah. And that's why, for me, I stay to myself for the most part, especially with dudes in Dallas, like, who are from Dallas. Mm-hmm. Like, you even have girls from Dallas be like, I don't fuck with niggas from Dallas. I fuck with people <laughs> who are transplant. Yeah. And most of Dallas is made up of transplant, transplant people. So, for me, that was one of the things, like, when I go out, like, I ain't braggadocious. I ain't loud. You know what I'm saying? I just like to have a good time. I like to talk. I like to have fun. I like to just chill. Like, I'll go to a place that's dressed up with, if I can get in with, like, just a T-shirt and jeans, I'm in there. And like you say, egos come into play to where if you go out and let's just say more girls are giving you more attention than another nigga, some niggas, like you say, they will literally start feeling the way. And it's like, bro. Hate those guys. Hate, that's what I'm saying. It's like, can't, just go out. Can't have a cock block. As can't, a friend. Can't, oh, just go out and fucking have a good time. Gotta I, go. <laughs> you know how dudes, like, this is back in my single days, like, you know, there was a, or back in my 20s, there was a dude who, uh, who was out with you. And you, you know, normally dudes are like, hey, check her out. Oh, look, she got an ass on her. Look at her, blah, blah, blah. And you be talking about a bitch. I'm finna go in there, whatever. Yeah. Right? Nick, this niggas that'll go behind you yeah. and, and hate on you. Yeah. Like, just throw salt oh, in You your fucking game. with that nigga? Nah, he ain't. Like, I can't do let that. You, let you go get a drink or something. The niggas Bro. start talking shit about you. And then I, laugh about it after. I've known so many dudes that I know aren't ready for relationships that want to talk to certain girls that I know. And when a girl asks me about him, I'll be like, he's cool. Because if you're an adult, you're going to figure that shit out on your own. It's not my place to tell you this nigga's like pussy. If you like him and you find him attractive, the reason being is too, say for instance, I'm that dog and people talking about me and then I meet a girl, that girl may change my mindset. I may go into the thinking I just want to smash. Yeah. She'd be different around you. And make me different. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I just think don't ever speak on another man's name about shit. And the reason I brought up the friendship thing, it was great to have all of us here because me and Christian, we already squashed the shit that we had. But the reason it, it worked for one is when I would talk to you, I wouldn't dog him. When you when I would talk to you, it wasn't a conversation about what we talked to to him because you honestly you helped this get back on track because you told me who the dude was, you told me this and that. I told you the truth about how I felt, and then when me and him talked, we talked about it. He understood it. Chris is reasonable as and we moved on, but that's why we're still able to be cool. And I told Christian last night before you came to dinner, 
I said, the thing that I love about the circle that I'm in, I said, first of all, most of the niggas that I talk to now, I met through Christian mm-hmm. as of now. You know what I'm saying? And then I have my hometown guys and the guys I grew up with, which is still about three or four. But like I told him, I said, I love this thing about Overton because I was like, anytime I come to Denver, it's great to have somebody where you can stay there. I, mean, I said, like, then a the nigga gave, you a, gave me a car. Like the first time we went, our team was like, this nigga gave us the truck. To- cool. So when you hit I mean, me up Overton and you were like, yo, you want to come? Best host. You know, exactly. You know, but you're the but same a great way. Friend, you know? You're the same yeah. way because when we started kicking, we were talking about the get-togethers you used to have. He would have the get-togethers, and it's like he never said, "Hey, pay for this, pay for that." And it would be times I would tell him when people were leaving, I'm like, "Man, these motherfuckers I think ain't cleaning." For me and OT, there's just that's just the way we've kind of come up. It, I think a lot of it is because we're we're you know we played on the football team, yeah. and when you play on a foot, you know every. Bro, not everybody's yeah. like this, man. That's like, true. I, there's there's dudes no, on the football team true. that are not. Not everybody's like this. So, I, I give everybody the benefit of the doubt. I'm big enough to take whatever punch you got. Like, yeah. if you're gonna try to shit on me, I'm gonna give you a chance. And yeah. if you shit on me, you told me who you are. I'm good. Yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. But I'm also gonna give you a chance to show me who you are. And like uh, me and Chris, like we, you know, we went to the academy together. We were in different uh, class years, and the academy has is very segregated by class year. You you do everything with your classmates, right? Yeah. So I didn't really know Chris that well. We played football together, um, but we, we knew of each other, I would say, more so than we knew each other. Yeah. But when we got out to L.A., like, I went to go kick it with the nigga. And it was cool as fuck. Yeah. Like, we started hooping every day at lunch and yeah. shit. Yeah. And, like, like, we just got closer and closer and closer. And yeah. that doesn't happen with every grad and that's that, absolutely true. that you meet when and you're out And it's one of those world. things where, you know, people show you who they are pretty quick. And, you know, when we were in that environment, it's like, for one, you know, there was just a lot of dude. There was like a lot of dudes around. Yeah. It, you know, that, you know, would say dudes. pause, but yeah. we're more mature than that. <laughs> but, you know, it. but at the end of the day, you could see guys that would stop coming around a lot because, you know, they couldn't handle, you know, all, all you know, because when you're around a lot, of, it, it's just like then, you know, I see OT and me, we're kind of the strangers in this new environment. Of you know of a lot of dudes and it's like we we both could always see like there's not an ego yeah we're always kind of even keel yeah you know we could always get along regardless of the environment yeah and it's like man that's cool and then when it comes to just kicking it you know watching games just kicking it yeah like on a daily basis because we were kind of the you know it was me him and our buddy Avery and we were kind of the only you know only you know ones yeah. there because we lived in Hermosa Beach Redondo Beach so it was like there ain't a lot of black you know we ain't out here yeah. Uh, and it, and that really grew our friendship to now, you know, like I said, distance plays a big yeah. part because, you know, he lives in Denver. I live in Dallas. You know, then you move to that new city and you start to build a group. A and like thing. my group here, kind of like you said, I, yeah. having a great circle. I have a fantastic yeah. circle of men and women yeah. that are very, very good friends that care about me regardless of what I do. For yeah. And I think that's the best types of friendships to yeah. have is where there is no, you know, I, expectation that you're going to do something for me yeah, and I'm going to yeah. do something for you. You it's get, just better, like, you get yeah. better at making friends and being a friend yeah. as the older you grow, if you're doing it for right. Sure. Like if you're maturing in a in a, in yeah. a healthy way, you get better at being a friend first and then making friends because you yeah. see, like you got to be the change you want to see. So when I say be a good friend, like treat your friends the way that you expect friends to treat, to treat you. you. If you're going to call them a friend. Exactly. Yeah. Or you're a drinking buddy or yeah. an associate or right. you, a nigga I know. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. And I'm like that too because I'm like... I, I want to be around people, and now I'm around that to where, like, when I've came out to Denver, if you hang out now, like, if I pay, you'll pay the next one. Or we both are like, hey. Or, like I said, when you decided to come down here, you was like, hey, do you mind if I stay with you? And I'm thinking, nigga, yeah. <laughs> and I just gave you the key and shit, and I was like, I'll go stay elsewhere because mine is just a wide-open one-bedroom. So it's like, hey, you can have it do what you do. But I wouldn't have done that shit if it wasn't, you know what I'm saying, some kind yeah. of mutual whatever. It's just like when me and him have hung out and we've done things, it's like, you're okay with letting somebody have something or do something because they would do the same for you. Right. Like for me, I'm a smoker. So if a nigga come by my house and he always smoking, at some point I'm like, where's the weed? nigga? <laughs> like, are you bringing, are you putting in? Did you? So it's like, I, it sounds playful, but as small as weed, if a nigga always comes and takes and never gives, I'm the, done. The if little things matter. I had matters. a coach, I had a coach tell right. me one time, like in preparation, like all, everybody's going to do the big things. Everybody's going to go to the weight room. Sure. Everybody's going to go to practice. Everybody's going to watch some film. But are you going to do the little things? We are you going to get enough sleep? Yeah. Are you going to eat right all day? You know, are you are you going to are you going to do the little things that'll make you that much better? People don't have control over the little yeah. things either. That's a, it's an involuntary thing. It's just yeah. who you are. It's who you choose to be. 
Like yeah. people who lie about stuff you don't need to lie don't about. Don't lie. That's don't make That's sense. That's the biggest thing to me. <laughs> Let's like, tackle not, this though from last night. Like a white lie is the biggest, the biggest thing lie. to me. Yeah. Because it, a the first white lie. Yeah. A white lie. White. You cannot <laughs> allow that to <laughs> He is saying them through. H is hard. I didn't pay attention to he said it. It's like what you said Artesia and he was like Artesia. <laughs> white. White. <laughs> But I want to talk about what we talked about last night about the difference of we're gonna go back to Dayton before we got about 15, 20 minutes. Okay. Before so last night I told you about some more. Was it? Was it? Man. So I, when the I explained comedian? it, yeah. So she did, it was years ago. Explain but this shit to Chris. I remember being in the shop getting my hair done, and this lady played the DVD of some more, and, and I can't remember which one it was, but she was saying I'm paraphrasing, but some more was saying like I was talking about relations with this white bitch, and I was like, how this white bitch gonna tell me as a black woman how to treat my man and do this and that? She said, but the white bitch broke it down for me. She said, we always wondering, like, why black men run to white women or whatever, whatever, whatever. She was like, but the white woman explained to me. She said, black women, we fight hard to keep our man. We fight hard to keep our relationship. She said, white, the white woman told me we fight to keep our men happy. So you heard the black woman in the crowd saying something. She was like, oh, bitch, it's a difference. <laughs> like, it's a difference between fighting to keep your man and fighting to keep him happy. So I, I, I think that's a great quote. I would, I would love to take black and white out of it i do too and say like okay uh a woman seeking a healthy relationship uh is looking to keep her man happy exactly. as opposed to looking to keep her man because the differences i think are very very explainable keeping like, a man it sounds thirsty to me if you're looking to keep your man right then you're looking to make agreements make promises make uh let's put titles on this let's let's bind each other in yeah. some sort of way so that i can keep you yeah i can i can i can keep you here you can't keep a person. You, this is not going to happen. No. What you have to do is make that person choose, right? If you if you try to keep them happy, then they're going to keep coming back for more of that happiness because happiness is attractive. Yes. You, you, you want that, yes. right? So if you have a woman who, first of all, learns what makes you happy yeah. and then just does that shit. But let's talk about the little That'll shit. That'll keep though. you happy. But let, me, let me just, this last part right here. She learns what you like yeah. and she does that shit. That's a woman who's trying to keep you happy. A woman who's trying to keep you learns what she likes and learns what you like and holds that shit over your head. Like, oh, you you like a fat ass? You like booty shorts? You yeah. like this? You like that? Well, if you behave yourself, then I might wear some booty shorts. Or if you want anal on your birthday, like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to behave. Yeah, if, it, it, I mean, it works. Yeah. Like some, it, you know what I'm saying? No but I'm, I'm saying, like, if you want to keep your man, this is another approach that yeah. I think is more healthy. That's all I'm saying. I, I'm saying. I think, you know, I always think, why does it have to be a fight? Yeah. Why do you got to fight to keep somebody happy? Why? You choose to be in a relationship. It should be, if, you know, obviously human interaction, it's going to cause friction no matter what. Because, yeah. you know, maybe they, you know, somebody wakes up with a crab in their ass or whatever. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, and, you know, you're. Rough morning. You, <laughs> No, what I'm saying is, but at the end of the day, the the daily flow of the relationship shouldn't yeah. be a fight. No. It should just be, we both know what makes each other's happy. We both know each other's expectations. Yeah. And we try to meet those expectations. And when we don't, we can have contrition to say, yeah. I'm sorry. Tries the you key know, word. You know, obviously I'm, I made a mistake, but even what mistakes are you, ma I mean, what are you making? Yeah. At, at this stage, it's like, all right, well, as long as you're not doing anything that you know is you know stealing or yeah. putting the family in, in you danger. know in danger yeah. like okay I'm, i mean i'm not a child i'm not yeah. you know i'm not going to get a spanking if i go out and you know get a drink with buddies or whatever you know it's like but also it's about knowing like w what is acceptable yeah. and once you do cross that line you got to be able to live with the consequences and work through it but at the end of the day on a daily like i feel like you know i don't really deal with a lot of I really don't deal with, you know, a lot of that, that, you know, that the that, friction that, of a that relationship, friction of a relationship. Yeah. We, I really don't deal with much of that. And I feel like I'm very blessed because like my wife just don't got time for no bullshit. And you want, you know what I'm saying? Like that. Yeah, you can but I want to talk about the little things like we talked about that. last night. I don't, and like taking the race side of it, I'll just give you examples. Like we talked about, would you want to be around a woman that when you wake up in the morning, they just wake up and go about their day. If they beat you up if they get up 20 minutes before you, they just get up, take a shower. They do what they do. And then they out of the door. Or do you want that woman to where it's like they get up, if you kind of groggy when you wake up, if she be like, "Hey, don't get up. You want some coffee? They know how to make your coffee. They make your coffee. Uh, they, uh, this is this is happening every day, nigga. I've been with women to where all the time before if they're in the, like it ain't gonna happen all the time, but majority of the time, a good portion of the time, that's a routine. 
You could create your routine. When me and her, I, I go back to her, when me and her were together, I like she's not did an expectation. Thing. It's Look, not it's, an expectation. I, I can make my own coffee. That's it's right. But it feels good for somebody to know but what you like and do good. and get it done without you fucking doing it. I drink coffee every day and it makes me too. very happy. Yeah. Like if I wake up and there's already coffee ready, like you goddamn, you looking out for me. You looking out for me. I appreciate that shit. Like the expectation should be realistic. Like yeah. my wife gets up, she has to be at work before I do. So I don't have an expectation she's gonna get up no. extra early, make me coffee. No, 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 no. It's like now on weekends, she does. She yeah. cooks breakfast and makes coffee and stuff. Still not and expected. I, and honestly, it's Still not expected. Not. It's not required. Because she wanna sleep in. I but I'm like, man, I appreciate it. She, that's she keeping makes your man every happy night. right there. That's yeah. keeping your man happy. That's like you you find out what he likes and you do it instead of finding out what he likes and holding over his head. That if you can just remember that part of it, I think that's the the most important yeah. piece. And like he said, mm-hmm. expectation. No nigga should expect especially if your wife is working and has her own career in life. You shouldn't expect her to get up and serve you like no. she's a child. No, but if no, she does that a few times her. a day, and that's what I was about to say, if she a few times throughout the week, if she does it two or three times, then where is your part of it? You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like bring your part. It so makes you want to. It, it motivates you. It motivates want to you. Do that. Yeah, exactly. It motivates you to go make dinner yeah. or to bring something for her. Like get her a gift yeah. or do find out what she likes and do that same thing for her. It's like, little shit it, like that. It, man. it goes back and forth. Yeah. Or even like if a girl, like if your girl don't like getting gas, nigga, get up and go. Like you may not do it every day. But get up and go get her car and fill it up before. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Little shit like Gestures. that. Gestures. And that's the thing that I think people don't understand. And like we talked about last night, it creates an intimacy. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like sex is great. But as you get older, where is the intimacy? Where is the intimacy of just like vibing off each other, having like, like he say, a lack of friction. And I don't want friction. I don't like raising my voice. The only friction I, I want is, is that horizontal. dick and vagina. <laughs> yes. Or vertical. Or like horizontal friction. Yeah. Horizontal friction. But it's like, that's the thing, man. And I feel like if, if it's, it goes back to communication. If I come out and if, if me and you used to like, we ain't gay, but if this nigga was like, yo, I like this, this, and this, you know that shit. You don't have to do it every day, but every blue moon. Right. Every blue moon. And when I say blue moon, I ain't blue moon. I ain't talking about annually. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like maybe bi weekly or some shit. Do something yeah. for that person. Yeah, if you're giving me head consistently, because that's something I like, it's gonna be a lot of good shit happening for you. Exactly. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's true. And I'm gonna want to come home. That's true. Like this is what you gotta understand. This is very true. If you got a fucking girl that deep throat your shit can take you and do whatever sexually, a lot of times when we out here as single guys, we're looking for pussy. We're looking for the things that make us happy. If we got it at I home, mean, unless got, you're greedy at a certain point, why? I'm going home, my nigga. It's not pussy anymore. It's not alone that makes you happy. Exactly. It's, no, it's not. And like, so going back to that thing I was talking about with like the article, and you, you got these women's magazines who are telling women what men like. Yeah. Right. You got to ask a man what he likes first. And it's not just the pussy. It ain't. It ain't gonna be you doing a split. It no. ain't gonna be you doing some super athletic no. or wearing certain whatever. It's not sustainable. A lot of bitches are banking on that. A lot of times, it's it's that intimacy. It's 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 you like me knowing that you care. Tell them what intimacy is because we're saying it. Man, but what does it look like for so you? So that's that's me. That's okay. me, that's me knowing that you care. You showing me that you care. Yeah. Gratitude is intimacy in a way. Um, you listening. You paying attention. Like you like the little things uh, about me. Like. You know, I, I know that you're going to want this in a certain way or like you paying attention to the little details of my life, like yeah. you caring about me, like you overlooking, um, you know, my 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 flaws or the things that a lot of people look as flaws. You look at it as as benefits. Like yeah. these are the things that I think grow you as intimacy, grow, yeah. grow intimacy within your relationship. Yeah, I think it's very overlooked. I mean, nobody thinks about, you know, can I be how me? am I being intimate with yeah. my, you know, significant other or yeah. whoever? It's really, I mean, because just the everyday, you know, rigmarole of the relationship, sometimes you're not thinking about, well, how how can I make her, make you know, get, you know, be in an intimate, you know, like, how do I focus on the intimacy? And I think it's something that you definitely have to be purposeful. But at, if somebody you know does it, I have to give you a have to on be this. purposeful. You have to be purposeful. But this thing, I told you, so I was talking to this white chick. And I have to give race on this one. And I was remember talking to one of my black homegirls and I was telling her my thought process on like dating interracially. And she's like, have you ever met a black woman that's whatever, whatever? And I was like, most of the women I've dated are black women. They've been good to me. They care mm-hmm. for me. They've loved for me. They've mm-hmm. looked out for me. But it's an extra step. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I feel like it goes back to that thing to where like, so when I've dated white women, people always say, well, what was the difference? The difference to me was they were consistently good to me. And they were consistently good to me without me having to repeat myself about like if we went on a date and I said, I like this, this and this. I didn't have to say it 20 times. 
it just started getting done, which made me want to do something for that person. And then people will say, why didn't you end up with that person? Because at the end of the day, if I'm being honest, I truly want what I want Mm -hmm. from a black woman. So look, here's the thing, man. I think black women that I I think black women are under a unique amount of pressure in a similar way that black men are where the world is different for them. Mm -hmm. So the experience and the way they move through the world is going to be a lot different. Um, Even like, even a, a black woman who comes up in a two parent household in a middle America or a middle class family and all that kind of stuff, she's still black. So she still has to take on different pressures and the world has different expectations of her. Like how many times have people tried to touch her hair? How many times have people made an assumption that she's angry or how many times like she she moves through the world in that way. So it, it affects the way that uh, she interacts in, in intimate relationships. Well, like you ask me. Um, or people have talked about this before. Did, were you raised on love or were you raised on survival? Yeah. I was raised mm-hmm. on survival. God we all it. were. So there's yeah. some things that I'm I'm rough on when it comes to like my heart. Like my, I, I'm I'm not very trustworthy yeah. when it comes to like you know giving a woman my heart. You yeah. you you have to go through fire before I I can trust you enough to to give you my heart. Because if you if you break my heart, I'm I'm so let up. me take let me take. It. So I was raised on love, and you know my parents yes. pretty well. <laughs> yes, and I don't and I never had that. I don't ever feel that kind of guarding of my heart. I always feel yeah. like if you break it, well, you know, fuck it. I'll put it back together. And I don't, you know, I, I, I've never, I, I think that's interesting. Um, you know, I've just never kind of heard that connection from, you know, growing up and then. It, Cause the first it, time you but, show love, what is it? Get taken fear, advantage though? of. What, what do you think a woman's going to do to break your heart? I, I've just never, I mean, I, I, I've I've gotten it broken, yeah. but I mean, I but at the end of the day, I I, for, I also keep forgave, protecting. Yeah, you, you know, I'm like I'm like okay, because I mean, let's be honest. Specifically, when I was younger, I was you know I was doing my thing, I was doing some you know stuff, and then some stuff happened to me to where it was like, you know, I had to be forgiving. Yeah, and I couldn't you know, you know, unless somebody totally backstabbed me, right? Like, yeah from a woman's perspective i've never really been in an environment I, i'm really curious on what you know what would be so a, a i find myself situation. i find myself doing everything like making all these uh concessions i'm acquiescing to to all these different things because i fucking love you right mm-hmm. i'm making sure you're well taken care of i'm doing everything for you and you are just soaking it all in taking advantage of me not giving any of it back, and I'm withering away. And no, I'm withering no, away over here. Now that is because if so, I love, I love deep, and I give, and I give, and I give, and I get nothing back. It like it sucks that my is soul. The out. worst. But hold on, we got that two is. minutes before we get out of here, so okay. I, I got to wrap it up. We'll come back. But I want to say this before I go. I get what you're saying about like protecting yourself, but the reason I say that is black folks, and I don't care if somebody disagrees if they listen. How long do we hold on to that? You know what I'm saying? How long do we hold on to? Uh, Cause that's what my my black homegirl said. She was like, "Well, her life is not the same." And it's like, "Okay, I I got. We all go through struggles, but black men do too." So the reason I say that, speaking for myself only, black men go through the same. You know, not being, the same. We don't go through the same. It's different. But what I'm saying is, we have our own levels of shit we got to go through sure. too as black men. Sure. But I don't let that stop me from loving you or taking that opportunity. And I feel I like as black know. people, what fucks us for me, I'm only speaking personally. But for what fucks us up is if you're saying. I guard my heart from love. And most black women are guarding their heart from love. Then who the fuck is getting it? Well, and then when other races come in, they're not thinking they, they're the way unguarded. we think. That's what I'm saying. And that's why a lot of niggas end up falling for this. So black women to get with a white dude and because they're not moving with that same energy of blocking shit off. I'll say this. I've been in, in many interracial relationships. I've never necessarily felt a difference in the, in the, the, like the rhythm of the relationship mm-hmm. with a black woman and a white woman. It's been so long since I dated a white woman, but, you know, it was always just, you know, just the relationship. I also found, like, yeah, I, I mean, wh- white women, they, they're not the easiest to deal with either. You know, they're not, it's not like, you know, so, you know, you know. Now, I agree with that, too. Women are women, because a lot of people try to say they better. Or they, I don't think it's about being better. Like, I just I, think the communication is easy. I, was, I, think, I, would I think, go ahead. I think, like, we're all just so different. Like, I now it's... There's a lot more black women that I think, to your point, they just have grown up a lot more progressive. Yeah. And so there's like a generation of black women that don't have, I think, a lot of those things that you were, you know, referring yeah. to. And they kind of 
approach life a little bit more freely. We got to do a part two because I yeah. hate when we can't just dive into it. <laughs> but hey, uh, we're gonna before we get up out of here, I want to say thanks, Overton, for coming out, man. We appreciate you. Thanks, for Christian. Sure. Again, we definitely yeah. got to do this again. Yeah, man. Um, again, great. Spider, thanks for for holding us down on uh, the My ones pleasure, and twos, bro. Man. Spider's the man. Yeah. So we about to get ready to get up out of here, man. If you get the opportunity to take a listen to the podcast, be sure to leave us a rating and review. We definitely appreciate reading those reviews. If you get the opportunity to listen to a podcast, like that, share it. If you want to be on the podcast, be sure to email us at info at the reality is that's info at the reality is T-H-A, the reality is dot com. And remember, if you have the power to if you have the ability to empower or employ someone, do so. And always remember staying inhale courage to excel success. And uh, we out this motherfucker. Peace. I was waiting to see what you said. If you love me, please don't judge me. Got my hands tied, the power's above me. Don't shoot the messenger, I'm just a puppet here. If you wanna place blame, then look to the puppeteer. Family, fortune, envy, jealousy, privilege, passed on, legacy, secret, sabotage, borderline, felony, suicide, subtract, selfish, pedigree. When the love's gone and the hate's there, better watch out, cause it's hate fear. When your family, Today on News 4 at 4, we're working for you. An inside look at the local COVID vaccine trial for kids. What children reported days after getting the shot and how it could impact the timeline of kids being vaccinated. Today at 4 p.m. on NBC4. Tonight, it's the Voice Live Rounds and Nick Jonas wants his first win. Let's get this done. Who's got what it takes and whose dream ends here? Watch live and vote to save your faves. The Voice Live Rounds, tonight on NBC. Today on News 4 at 4, we're working for you. An inside look at the local COVID vaccine trial for kids. What children reported days after getting the shot and how it could impact the timeline of kids being vaccinated. Today at 4 p.m. on NBC4. Tonight, it's the Voice Live Rounds and Nick Jonas wants his first win. Let's get this done. Who's got what it takes and whose dream ends here? Watch live and vote to save your faves. The Voice Live Rounds, tonight on NBC.